Welcome to the Sacred Ancestry Podcast, a show about discovering the true human potential. Let's dive deep into physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. I'm your host, Thomas Worm. The best thing about the breakthrough sessions is when my client's entire physiology changes. Their voice changes, even the way they talk about things is completely different than it was before the session. Their entire life has changed in front of my eyes. The spark they had as a child is back. And what's so beautiful is that they are the exact client I need right now. Because whatever they release, I release too. I learn so much about myself every session, and the client releases a seed that connects all the problems in their life. The client is realigned in their mind, body, and spirit. That's the breakthrough session. So go to mountainmindtricks.com and sign up for a discovery session so we can chat, learn more about each other, and see if you're a good fit for a breakthrough session. Go to mountainmindtricks.com. When you listen to the Sacred Ancestry podcast, you're supporting wildland firefighters and their mental health journey. So thank you, and I appreciate you. Please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast so I can become the best podcaster I can be. You can become a Patreon, which means donating $10 a month will get you two free rollers of essential oils or $50 a month, and that's one free coaching session per month. So I want you to subscribe and leave a review so I can become the best podcaster possible. Thank you, and I appreciate you. Hi, I'm so excited for my guest today. Her name is Christine Renee, and she's a Reiki master. And I'm just so interested in Reiki because it's uh, such a beautiful healing art, and there is truth to it and power behind it. I truly believe that. And Christine, could you could you let us know how you got into Reiki? How like what kind of journey you went through to become a Reiki master, and what you're doing now? Absolutely. So. I actually was introduced to Reiki when I was a child. My dad was doing Reiki when I was a kid, which was how I got introduced to Reiki. So I would be happen to be in on conversations that he was having with other people around Reiki. Um, Like for example, one of my earliest memories is my dad speaking to our Catholic priest about Reiki and getting permission from the priest to do Reiki, which he did get. Um, And so it was kind of seeded in my childhood. And then as I became an adult, it was something that was reintroduced to me when I was about 20 years old. And I had the opportunity to get the training and I jumped on that opportunity. So it's kind of been in my life throughout. And so I started practicing Reiki as a level one and level two, like a beginner back in 2002 while I was studying at a midwifery clinic up in Alaska. And so I was young, I was catching babies, I was doing Reiki, I was kind of living with the fairies and kind of out of my body a little bit, um, which (laughs) isn't always good for someone who has anxiety like background. Um, And then when I when I kind of became more of an adult, (laughs) I want to say that like, I grew up a little bit. And um, part of my journey was that I ended up getting my Reiki masters and um, probably a little too early. It was only 2004. I was 22 years old. And then I got married and I had a baby right afterwards. And it was a very emotionally abusive relationship. It wasn't a happy marriage in any capacity. Um, And every time I would try to do Reiki or any of my spiritual work, I was reprimanded. 
And so it was something that really needed to kind of be placed on the back burner for a while, sadly, because of the um, emotional abuse that I would get from that, from doing that. I'd be called a witch or some other terms I shouldn't say (laughs) on a podcast. Um, And so I kind of set it aside and had to take a breath in my practice. And when I finally decided to leave my husband, it was primarily because my son was overhearing as a young child. He was two when I left. He was overhearing these type of emotional abuse and conversations and fights. And I was like, I don't want my son growing up and and, and, um, seeing that this is normal and this is the way you talk to women. So I left and did a lot of healing work during that time. And that's really when I started diving back into Reiki. And so Reiki was my healing tool in the toolbox that I was familiar with, that I knew could help me. And it was something I could go to every single night. And so living on my own as a single mom, I could put my son to bed and then have really intense one, two hour Reiki and meditation sessions with myself to, for my own healing. And that's really how I got started back into the healing arts and Reiki was for my own self-care, even though it had been planted so much earlier in my lifetime. Wow. That is so amazing. It's, it's really been a full, full life of Reiki for you. That's, that's so beautiful. And and I'm curious, like, what was it like having a father that was that was doing Reiki for you? Was it, um, was he doing it with you or in front of you? Or like, what was that like? You know, back in the 1980s, it was kind of a hush-hush quiet thing. Um, you often didn't, they didn't do it out in the open. It's It wasn't something that you could go find and book a session with. Typically, it was really kind of this elitist thing back in the 1980s, and it was very expensive to get training. And so it was very quietly done in our house for friends, for family members. Um, And my dad was an engineer. So he had that engineering personality of like having the blinders on, I'm an engineer, and then he would just do this thing on the side. (laughs) But I know that his training was probably a couple thousand dollars, which the same training today is a lot less. It's hundreds of dollars compared to thousands of dollars back in the 1980s. So he kind of was doing Reiki for like my brother who got hit by a car when he was uh, like six years old, lost his foot, but he had lots of knee complications. And so I would put my ear up against the door thinking that I could hear the Reiki session. And typically you can't. Reiki typically doesn't make any sound. But as I listened intently on that door, I remember, remember hearing my brother's um, knee crack and pop um, during the session. And so I have those type of early memories, but it was so done quietly and um, kind of beneath the surface of everything else. It, it wasn't something that was really prominent in my childhood. It wasn't like we were having big Reiki circles in our house, or it was like the dining room conversation. My My father is a very a quiet man overall, unless it comes to computers or engineering. Um, and so it wasn't something that was really talked about. And um, it was just something that happened in the background. 
Wow, that's amazing. So for the people that are listening, you know, I just wanted to see if you could give us like a basic definition of Reiki and, and chakras and, and shamanism, because there's some of the things we're going to really get into. And just to make sure we're, you know, we have the foundations here for the listeners. Absolutely. So Reiki is translated from Japanese. It's Japanese kanji word. That is where Reiki originated from in the 1920s. And it translates to Rei and Ki, which is spiritually guided life force energy. So oftentimes we hear Ki in all kinds of things. Qigong, Tai Chi, that Qi, that life force energy is something that we hear commonly the ray is what makes Reiki special. It is this connection to divine source energy. And because of that, it knows where the Reiki needs to go. It knows what the highest priority is, body, mind, or spirit, emotional, mental, physical, spiritual. It can just hone in on and move to where it needs to go. And it can be practiced either hands-on in person, or it can be practiced at a distance. I have clients really that I've seen all over the world. And so it doesn't it's not bound by time and space because it is of universal source. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, um, how does this tie in with the chakras and, and are we working with like, uh, like yoga chakras or is it slightly different since it's Japanese? You know, that's a great question. And I get this question a lot because I love, love, love working with the chakras. So chakras are kind of across many different cultures. So we often think of chakras and think of yoga because that's really what brought the chakra information to the West. But we can look at ind indigenous cultures and they have energy centers in the body that match up identically to the chakras that are in the yoga tradition. And so the Incas, the Mayas, they had their own energy centers in the body that match up pretty perfectly. And so um, chakras are energy centers in the body, this area of plexus nerve endings. And we have seven primary chakras that run along our spine. And each chakra has its own unique kind of energetic imprint, meaning that it can, um, when there's an imbalance in the chakra, it's going to have a physical presentation, an emotional presentation, and a spiritual presentation. So when we have a chakra, we can often look at, okay, you have this physical ailment. It's next to this chakra, this energy plexus, this nerve plexus of the body. And if we understand the physical, okay, we have, let's say, a digestive disorder, and it's next to the solar plexus right beneath the sternum and above the belly button. Well, what is the emotional side of that chakra? Well, that emotional side is about letting go and knowing who we are and having self-worth and self-love and self-respect. And so when we can work on the emotional side, the physical ailment tends to lessen and heal over time. And so this is where it comes really interesting with the chakras is because it really is a roadmap. So Reiki is the modality to heal and chakra is the roadmap. So we can look at the chakras to go, we need to work on this chakra and this chakra and this chakra. And you can use lots of different healing modalities to heal the chakra and bring it back into harmony and balance. So whether that's Reiki or acupuncture or certain exercises or yoga, like lots of different ways to heal in on those chakras. Wow, that is amazing. I love it. And 
Yeah. Uh, energy centers are so important to me just through my own healing journey and everything. It's, it's real, you know, those energy centers, oh, they control so much in our bodies. It's so interesting. And, and I'm curious on some of the shamanism work you do. Is there, is there some journeying, some drumming, like what kind of shamanism do you bring into, um, into the Reiki? You know, I, I love mixing modalities. I love bringing my favorite things all into one session. And so, yes, there's chakra analysis where I'm using the shamanic piece to see, visually see what's going on in the energetic field. And so shamanism really is about understanding how to reach the different spiritual realms and how do we connect with our spirit guides, our power animals, our teachers that are on the other side. And so when we can use that to help bring in our healing qualities to our sessions, they can become very powerful. And when we study Reiki, what oftentimes happens is our spiritual gifts start to enlighten and awaken and become more fine-tuned. And so if you have had a past of, let's say, clear audience like I did, I remember as a child hearing messages when I'd go into church or whatever it may be, like I could hear spirits. Well, as I step forward with my shamanic training, it was able to bring that a little wire, wider, <laughs> bring it a little wider so that I could hear more, see more, feel more. And that went right in beautifully with the session itself. So I could use the, the shamanic techniques to see the chakra energy field. And I could use the shamanic techniques to meet with guides to give me information about what's the best route to healing. And so all of these pieces blend beautifully together. So I have Reiki as the healing tool, the chakras as the map, and the shamanic work as the support to really um, help the clients or yourself um, to bring it all together. Wow, that is so amazing. I love it. And and I have to ask, have you heard of Huna before? Or, or yeah, have you heard of Huna before? A little bit. You know, I'm more familiar with um, just the Ho'oponopono practice. But on, I think most of my studying, really, I love the Inca work because they really have that chakra piece figured out as well. So, but, you know, shamanism is so big. It's so wide. All the indigenous cultures have an understanding of shamanism. And so that's, um, I love looking at all of the different ones and seeing the commonalities and seeing what is familiar with each one of them. But yeah, I would love to hear your experience with Huna. Yeah, I guess, um, well, I'm going to my level one training here in a couple months and I'm getting really excited. But, uh, you know, in the the NLP uh, mental emotional release crowd that I'm in, there's a lot of um, Hawaiian culture embedded into the NLP. Um, you know, with the Dr. Matt and Empowerment Partnership, you know, he is like a, a master kumu in in the Huna. It's it's really interesting how how much of the energy work comes into what I do as an NLP practitioner and the timeline therapy and things like that. It's it's uh wow. It's just it's almost like I don't know, I guess I'd go back to hypnosis where I've always said, you know, I think hypnosis is almost like a modern shamanism because we're really taking the client through a journey for healing. And it's just so interesting how these mind, body, energy things really interact, isn't it? Exactly. Well, and I find the same thing. The more I study 
NLP techniques or quantum physics or whatever it may be, we have so much that we've known for thousands upon thousands of years in the shamanic work. They might not have figured out necessarily the science by why they're drumming the drum, but we now know it's because it brings the brain into a theta wave. And the theta wave is what we need to do to be able to open our senses and sensory systems beyond this physical reality. So I love, the more I learn, the more I can tie it back to these ancient traditions of drumming, of understanding um, the way the mind works. And it's like they had it figured out. They just didn't have necessarily the language or the science that really proved it. Cause they, and so I often like... I kind of let go a lot of the technical stuff because it's like, oh, we can just do shamanic work. (laughs) But it's, it's so interesting to me. Oftentimes, like we get into hypnosis, when we get into NLP, it's like, oh, there's the wisdom. There it is again. (laughs) Yeah, it's so, it's so interesting. And, and I want to shift a little bit here in, in, you know, for me personally, I went through a pretty long healing journey, a couple of years of really hardcore anxiety. And it sounds like you went through severe anxiety as well. And, and it's something that I think is so common in the world right now with the pandemic, with everything going on, uh, the politics, everything, you know, the anxiety mm-hmm. is, is, is really high for most people, for a lot of people. And, and I'm curious, um, how, how has Reiki helped you personally? Like how did it affect your, your anxiety and how, how does Reiki help your clients with anxiety? Oh, that's a great question. So um, anxiety has definitely been part of my life and my journey. Um, After I left my husband, I had quite a bit of baggage to work through. And um, some people would have diagnosed me as PTSD because I would have near panic attack if the phone dinged or um, if I saw a call coming in because it was that that was my trauma. And so I did have a lot of underlying anxiety and the way Reiki works is like I said earlier, it can just tune into what's the top healing priority here. And so for me, when you do Reiki, you bring your body into a parasympathetic state of mind. So the body is in that rest, digest, relax mode, almost instantaneously. It takes a few minutes. Um, Now in my practice, it takes three breaths to get that divine consciousness connection so that I can let go of that anxiety. So it can be very quick for some and some, it's just a really lovely practice that's helping bring your body back into balance and bringing yourself to this parasympathetic nervous system relaxation point. And so Reiki for, you know, a level one Reiki uh, class, that step one of Reiki 101 is learning how to self-heal. It's about not directing your Reiki to others, but making yourself the priority, putting yourself first for your own self-healing. And then when you are overflowing in abundance, that's when we go and support our communities and those around us. So part of my practice was starting to do Reiki every single day as part of my healing. So every single night I would do my Reiki practice and I would ask my guides, continue my Reiki after I fall asleep. And what would happen is some nights I would wake up in the middle of the night. Maybe I had to go put my son back to bed or whatever it may be. But it was in those opportunities I realized my hands are still warm. I'm still giving myself Reiki. And so it was always this 
wonderful surprise that the Reiki's still flowing. The healing is still coming to me. And then watching my life kind of settle down in the daytime and knowing that I had this tool that I could reach out at any time and take five minutes to go have a breathing session or take 10 minutes to go lie down and get my hands going again. And remembering that I can't take take care of others unless I take care of myself first. So it was always this kind of coming back to, I'm worthy of my own healing. I'm worthy to take care of myself. There's a better way to experience life than in a state of anxiety. So part of it was coming to a state of awareness of when the anxiety was triggered, when the anxiety was showing up, and then realizing that that was, um, you know, that was a trigger. And I'm sure you, and as well as many of your listeners have this, like, Um, okay, I'm now starting to become aware of when I'm getting triggered, when the anxiety is showing up and taking note of that because awareness is always the key to the first step. Like when I have awareness, then I can make a choice versus just falling back into habit. Do you have perfect health? Could you improve your sleep, immune system, or energy levels? What about muscle recovery or detoxing from the fire season? I've been using the essential oils for a few months now and I've been getting perfect sleep. My immune system is top notch and I feel amazing. Essential oils are plant allies that support our bodies in a million different ways. On Guard supports your immune system. Lemon helps you detox the heavy metals from the smoke and the peppermint will release your head tension in seconds. Support your healing journey and go to mountainmindtricks.com essential oils. Essential oils are hundreds of pounds of pure organic plant material pressed into a tiny amount of liquid, which means the essential oil is a powerful ally. So go to mountainmindtricks.com slash essential dash oils. That's mountainmindtricks.com slash essential dash oils. Yeah. Wow. So true. And, and I think, you know, for, it's so true. This, uh, I always get these mixed up, uh, the parasympathetic nervous system where, where you're in that relaxed, digest, relax, uh, you know, for me, I feel like one of the things that gets me there so fast is acupuncture. It is so weird. It just, as soon as the needles are in, my whole body just like lets go. And it's just like, wow, this is the most amazing feeling ever. And I'm just imagining that that's how Reiki feels for the client is that their entire nervous system is just completely like jello all of a sudden. And uh, exactly. yeah, oh, that sounds so awesome. So I'm also curious on this um you know, I guess in, in my practices and what I've studied so far, I'm, I'm curious on your idea of this where, you know, these traumas, these anxieties, these worries, these emotions are really stored in our nervous system somehow. It's like this blocked electricity or blocked energy. And it, it's almost like we're clearing their energy field, like we're actually taking the trauma out or, or moving it around or releasing it through the energy. Is that correct? Yeah. So basically the way the chakras works is that you have a plexus, a nerve plexus actually beneath the skin where all of the nerve endings kind of end. And that's why acupuncture works so well. You're hitting some of those nerve ending points and these meridian energy fields in the body. So when we look at the chakras, this nervous system plexus is all have all these nerves. And so when we hone in on the Reiki, it's able to kind of help release some of the trauma that's in the nervous system itself and helps bring it back into balance so that it has like this 
way of, there's an exit strategy is what it feels like. There's now, we have the stress, we have the, the anxiety beneath the surface and it has a release point. It can actually exit the body when we've been storing so many of these memories, so much of this trauma for so long. And so when we do Reiki in combination with coaching, with Reiki in combination, we're working really on the subconscious system. We can really do some really big work to heal patterns, um, heal negative thought patterns, um, to heal our what our subconscious is, is constantly feeding us, right? And so if there's trauma and that's been now ingrained and printed on our subconscious, Reiki and coaching work is a great combination to help heal the, that nervous system and calm it down. So it's healing on so many of those le- levels, the chakra for the emotional and the emotional and spiritual aspects, as well as the physical with the nerve endings right there. Um, so it's just so multidimensional. And that's one of the reasons why I absolutely love Reiki so much. You don't have to necessarily think about it. We just know that it's going to where it needs to go and it's going to do what it needs to do. And there's not a lot of trying. It's about getting out of the way. It's letting the ego be set aside and letting whatever needs to flow through and whatever needs to come up will come up organically. Wow, that's so beautiful. I love that. Just hearing your words, my whole body is relaxing. This is amazing. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, looking at... um... I guess I'm curious on some of like your client transformations through Reiki. Like what are some major um, wins you've had with clients with, with this process? And, and I guess I also want to just say like, I haven't heard of people using Reiki with NLP or with coaching or this is just what you're doing. I just want to say out loud, like, wow, this is amazing. And I just, I can only imagine some of your clients have um, probably all your clients have just these amazing transformations because of mixing those modalities and really, like you said, working on that subconscious mind and in I'll, I'll full circle here is like, what are some of the, the client transformations you've seen through this? I, I, I've had hundreds of clients at this point and I'm always in awe of what Reiki can do and how it provides exactly what the clients need when they need it. So um, it's, Everything from working with the criminal lawyer who's been in it for, you know, 30 years and just is burnt out and just watching his body come back into balance that he's able to say, like, this is how I want my future to go. Whereas before he's just moving through the motions and really has a huge wall up because he is a criminal lawyer. You just never know when I mean, he his dog is like this attack dog, you know, um, because he's constantly kind of has to watch his back in case one of the people that he sent away to jail shows up on his doorstep. So, um, you know, fairly um, strong presence and just being able to melt on the table and get what they need and walk away with this relaxed state that they're, they know they're safe. So that's one example. Um, another example is that I've had um lots of clients who come in with one of the things that come to mind is birth trauma. And so we have um, a lot of PTSD and anxiety amongst postpartum moms in particular because of birth trauma. And so this is where they're 
birth didn't go as planned. They might have had a cesarean. They might have had a procedure done to them without their consent. This is very common, especially in the U.S., and then come to me going, how can I trust someone touching my body? How I'm always nervous that something's going to happen to my baby or the doctors are going to do something to my child without me knowing. So they have this anxiety state going on and letting them come to a safe place where they can take a deep breath, (laughs) that they can know that this is a safe and honored and sacred space and use different modalities so that they can start to practice for themselves. Like one of the things I love about Reiki is that it's so easy to learn. It's so incredibly easy to learn. Um, I think that anyone can do Reiki. It's just a matter of intention. So just envisioning that white light energy coming in through your crown, filling up your entire body and then overflowing out of your hands. And then all we have to do is place it back on ourselves. And in this state, they can then take beautiful deep breaths The Reiki can do its work and they can have this moment of peace. And so when there is triggers going on, instead of, I I tell people all the time, instead of responding right away, take three breaths, place your hands on your body, know that you're okay. And if you need to take that call later, if you need to, you can then make a, a conscious decision rather than acting from the subconscious that's getting triggered. And so there's... I've had, I mean, I just, I can't even express how many beautiful client sessions that I have specifically around anxiety, around triggers, um, that it's about coming back into wholeness of accepting themselves completely and knowing that they're worth healing. Wow. That's, that's it, isn't it? Sometimes that we're worth healing. You know, I think that's a big one for for a lot of people is that we're worth healing, right? Exactly. And, uh, exactly. Yeah. And it's so interesting you mentioned the birth trauma because I've had so many clients in the last couple of months with, um, you know, trauma of, of being birthed, you know, going back that far to the actual being birthed event. And it's so interesting that that is, it really is such a traumatic event for both parties sometimes. And, and, uh, that's beautiful work that you're doing is helping these mothers uh, heal from that. that is so important. Well, even like I had a recent client who I could, we went back on her timeline. So we journeyed back to her timeline to find the original cause of the trauma. And what it, what it went back to was when she was in utero and having her parents worry incessantly about not being able to afford a child, not really wanting a child, and that it it was the first seed of her unworthiness. And so we were able to do work along her timeline back to the original event of this feeling of I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy enough or no one's going to love me. And when we can heal that, then there can be a ripple effect down the timeline to the present day and beyond into the future. And so Reiki, uh, with all of these other modalities mixed in there, um, can really be profound for clients. Yeah, that's so beautiful. The timeline therapy is just unbelievable sometimes how much healing happens so quickly. And uh, that's so beautiful, mixing you know, something similar with Reiki of, wow, that is, that is amazing. Um, so I wanted to ask how, like, um, 
I guess for me, going back to circling back to anxiety a little bit here is is for me one of the biggest things that like the first step for me was getting back inside my body. Like I didn't even know I was outside my body for years and years. I had no idea what that even meant, or I wasn't even open to that idea. And when my acupuncturist said, well, you're not even inside your body, like we need to get you there first. And, and I'm curious one on your point of view on that. And also like, what are some basic kind of everyday steps people can take to help with anxiety? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So oftentimes anxiety is very much tied to not being in your body and not grounded. And so what this feels like is that your energy, like if you tune into your energy for an anxiety, anxious person, that energy is in the upper half of the chest and in their head. And it's this, you know, it's like chaos bubble above them rather than you know, feeling that energy move and flow all the way through their chakras. It's kind of like all bottlenecked right at the top of their chest. And so that's why their breathing is fast and their thought process is fast and they can't get out of the monkey mind. And part of it is that they're, they are so far up in their head that they're not in their body. And so, um, for example, I had a client who was coming to me for anxiety and she was having seizures because this was a very extreme case. So I'm giving you an extreme example, but for her, when she had bruises on her um, and I'm like, where are these bruises coming from? She's like, Oh, I keep bonking into things. Like I'm just not paying attention. And I'm like, no, you're just not in your body. So meaning she felt like she was looking around the room from the top of her head instead of in her head. And so this was an extreme case of like not being able to feel the feelings of what her finger pads were feeling or her toes were feeling. And with working with her, one, I discovered that she was vegan, which I have nothing against, but it was that she wasn't getting any protein. She ate almost all, um, all basically salads without any kind of source of protein and that she was, um, kind of erratic in her sleep patterns that she was felt anxious most of the time and was nervous about different scenarios. And so I noticed that with this, all of these different components that sounded like she was really ungrounded, meaning she didn't have this connection with earth source energy that she was going to be cared for, that she was going to be safe. She was going to have all of her needs met And we found that in her root chakra, that root chakra that's so connected with earth energy that she didn't have stability in her life. She moved often. She had trauma in her past that didn't really keep her from feeling safe. And so when you don't feel safe in your body, in your environment, it causes this anxiety, this disconnect with earth energy. And so all of her, I think I did a whole complete session just giving Reiki to her feet. I just wanted to get her back in her body and bring that energy awareness to her feet. So after the session, she was very much like, I've never felt my toes before. (laughs) And she could feel what it felt like to step on the carpet, um, to walk around and felt really different. And then I gave her, I, I taught her about food. Meaning we have to understand that the food that we consume is for energy and the different types of food provide us different kinds of energy. 
And so some foods are very dense. Our meat, our protein, our nuts, our seeds, our beans, heavy in density. And that actually helps ground us and feel that we're more in our body versus if all we eat is lettuce and berries, um, you might have a very um, anxious uh, vibe because it's going to help bring your energy up versus grounding you. So you can look at the farmer (laughs) who all they eat is, um, you know, potatoes and root vegetables and meat and eggs. They're very um, grounded, uh, stubborn. They know what they know, what they know, like they know it, like they're very confident and sure of themselves and what they know, but they're, they may not be open-minded because they're hyper-focused on the roots, but not in the third eye or in the heart space. And so we, when we look at someone with anxiety, we want to actually bring some of that root energy in that groundedness, that having a schedule perhaps, or some other kind of system in in place in their world so that they can have this knowingness that this is what I do every day at this time, having that kind of foundational schedule, a system to look forward to. Um, rather than just kind of going with the flow. And so when I work with anxiety people, one, it's to get them back in their body, spending time in nature, eating root vegetables and protein, and then really starting to help them understand when the anxiety shows up, giving them specific tools to help them reconnect with the earth and get grounded once again, because when we can get grounded, we also bring in this, this piece of mindfulness. We can bring in our senses. So even standing outside for five minutes with your feet on the earth, you can think, what do I see? What do I hear? What do I feel? What do I smell? What can I taste? And when you come back to your five senses, it helps bring your mind away from all of these distracting thoughts that the subconscious is just spitting at us, fear, 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 to look, I see a bird. I hear the bird's wings. I hear the chirping in the trees. The tree is green. And you can then, once again, by training your mind, get grounded by using the senses that we are given with at birth. Electromagnetic frequencies, or EMFs, are affecting your body right now. The World Health Organization reports that EMFs can cause headaches, anxiety, depression, nausea, fatigue, loss of libido, and sleep disturbances. What if you could protect yourself from the EMF fogs and the 5G rollouts? I've been trying products from Essential Vibes and I noticed a huge difference. The live blood tests show that your blood flow increases with less globules. You sleep better, have more balance, and the muscle testing proves this. So go to mountainmindtricks.com slash EMF protection to learn more. I was so impressed with these products, I had to add this to my natural wellness program. So check out Essential Vibes and go to mountainmindtricks.com slash EMF protection. That's mountainmindtricks.com slash EMF protection. Wow, that is uh, such a beautiful explanation. And and this client you're speaking of is like, that was me. That was exactly me of my anxiety was so fear. I started getting ticks, like kind of my, my head would, would just do these weird things and, <laughs> and uh, almost it, it, uncontrollably. Right. And, and also like I was on this healing journey. So it was like, oh, well, I'll try going vegan for a while. 
And that's when things for me personally, like after three or four months, I got a million times worse. Like it really messed me up. And, and of course that ended up like lack of sleep. Um, I, the, you know, I think I was drinking coffee still. And every time it took me a long time to figure out like, Oh, the coffee is not my friend anymore. Like I literally can't drink coffee anymore because it would just completely spiraled me out. So it's so interesting um, hearing this. And, and uh, yeah, I love this because I think so many people don't realize that the food, the sunlight, going outside, like there's so many elements to the anxiety. It's not just your thoughts. It's not just that. It's it's much, much deeper. And usually, like like we've talked about earlier, there's usually a root cause that's much deeper of I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, that's the real, the real problem, right? Exactly. And so we need to kind of dig a little deeper and going, okay, so we have anxiety, but why do we have anxiety? Was it that you moved every two years as a kid and that's why you have anxiety? You can't trust that you're going to be in the same place and you're going to, you're going to be at any moment, you're going to be told by your landlord that you have to move again. Um, like, Sometimes it's those type of triggers versus do we have early childhood trauma? Were we part, did we have emotional abuse? You know, our, I love studying the brain and as I'm sure you do as well. But when we look at the way the brain develops, the first seven years of life, there is no conscious filter. Everything that we see, everything that we feel, everything that we're told is then imprinted on the subconscious. And so, and we live 95% of our waking hours in the subconscious mind, just playing out repeated patterns. And so when we understand this, we can then go back to our original childhood wounding and go, where, where did this come from? Where did this belief that I'm not good enough, where did it originate from? And then we can untangle it from that point so that we can really decide, is this limiting belief? worthy of my attention? Do I want to be carrying around this belief to this day? Or is it something that I'm motivated and willing to change, willing to mold into something that actually helps me achieve my goals rather than holding me back? Yeah, yeah, so true. And and I kind of want to go back to a, a key word that you said was routine. And that's something when I started implementing a routine of like, okay, I wake up at this time, I um, you know, do this for breakfast, I meditate at this time, I write in my journal, like really scheduled out time where it's like all of a sudden my body began to really relax a lot more. And not that my anxiety was gone from a routine, but it helped so much because like I felt safe and I knew exactly what was gonna happen for the day and and uh, I think the routine is is a huge tool in all of this, right? Exactly. Well, think about when we think, well, when I think root chakra, I'm thinking about foundations of our life. It's like I need routine systems and schedules. And so what routine systems and schedules can be put into place that really can help us move throughout the day in a positive energy rather than in a state of fear. And so I'm a huge advocate of morning rituals and evening rituals. Why do we want to do morning rituals? Because it's going to start our day off with a certain energy. And so it doesn't really matter what rituals you do, whether it's tarot cards or oracle cards or playing with your crystals or meditating or chanting or doing a dance party in the shower if the routine is there and you know that it's going to get you into the right energetic vibration for the day, you're setting yourself up for success. 
And when we can move through the day knowing that, all right, I did the thing that makes me feel good and I'm starting out my day feeling good, more likely you're going to have more feel good feeling than rolling out of bed and not having your routine. And then you're like instantly in, you know, for, in my experience, like I'm instantly in mama mode. Okay. I've got to do the dishes and put the laundry in and uh, go make breakfast and get the kids out of bed. And like, it's just a to-do list, an ongoing to-do list serving others rather than serving myself first. And when I get to the, when I, when I have those mornings, I can see a distinct difference of the morning that I am rushing through the day versus I gave myself 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it may be. I gave that time to me first. And when I give that time to me first, then I'm filled up. Like I am connected to divine source. I'm feeling good. And that's going to give the rest of the day a vibrational mode where it's like, okay, that didn't work out well. I'm not going to stress about it. We're just going to try again tomorrow. Like it just changes your whole attitude. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, I wanted to ask you about the uh, Reiki University that you have and, and your website and everything. And and like, how long does it take for somebody to, you know, enter into the college or the program and, and become a Reiki level one or two or three or kind of what is, what does the program look like? Absolutely. So um, Reiki Cafe University is a, um, we have a, three different colleges. We have the College of Reiki, the College of Chakras, and the College of Business, because I kind of support people in all of those areas. So when you enter into the College of Reiki, you can get started right away. You can take the level one course, and much of it is pre-recorded. And then since we so strive to be innovative and community-oriented, when you sign up for our level one or level two classes, you get one year of monthly group support calls. And so this is really to support you along your journey. So you take the class, you watch the pre-recorded videos, you come to class, you read the manual, you'll do all of the things, you get your attunement. And then oftentimes students in the past have been like, okay, now what? What if something comes up? Can I contact you? And now it's built into the class that you have this opportunity once a month to come join with your fellow students and to ask us questions. So this is really awesome. So we do this for the level one and two, and those you can take at any time. We typically tell people that they can take the, um, that it's recommended to take the level one and then wait three weeks to take the level two, because once again, the level one is all about your own personal healing. We want to make sure that you've established a self-care routine with Reiki, that you've had some time to practice for your own self-care before moving to level two, which is healing others, healing your neighbor and your friends, like make sure that you're doing that self work first. And then um, usually about at least six months later, um, then you can start asking about the Reiki masters. And we teach that once to twice a year in the Reiki Cafe University. Oh, that's so wonderful. And, and uh, wow, it sounds so interesting to um, learn that online and, and go through that self-care and really get yourself filled with light before filling others with light. That's so beautiful. So is there is there any question or anything that I haven't asked you that you would like to expand on? Gosh, I had so much fun in this conversation. Um, I would say, you know, 
if there's one one message I could really leave for your listeners, it's, you know, is you're worthy. You're worthy to take the five minutes for yourself, 10 minutes for yourself, one hour for yourself. Because oftentimes when I see clients, it's the anxiety shows up when there isn't any kind of self-care routine. For a long time, I didn't know what self-care meant or that it was important. And I was a workaholic and an anxiety basket case and a type A personality. And when I started giving to myself, that's when things shifted. That's when the anxiety started to lessen. That's when I was at least aware of when my anxiety did kick in. And I've even trained my daughter who's eight now. She'll go, mommy, take three breaths, okay? And I'm like, great. (laughs) So it's like knowing that we're worthy to have a beautiful life. We're worthy to have synchronicity show up. We're worthy to do the self-healing piece is so, so important. And so if that one thing I can leave for your listeners is that you're worth it. You absolutely are worth it. Oh, I love that so much. I love that message. And and where can people find you? Do you have any socials or um, you want to give out the website or anything like that? Absolutely. So the website is www.reikicafeuniversity.com. And that's pretty much our handle on everything. You can find me on my YouTube channel, Reiki Cafe University, Instagram, Reiki Cafe University. Um, Over on Facebook, we have a Facebook group with about 3,000 members um, under Reiki Cafe Community. You are more than welcome to join if you're interested in learning more about Reiki as well. So those those are our primary places on social media. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And for everybody listening, if you're interested in Reiki, I, I can tell you, Christine is amazing because everything we've dived deep into today, like she knows her stuff and she is a powerful teacher. I can just hear it in her voice. And, and I just want to say thank you so much, Christine, for coming on the podcast and, and sharing your journey and sharing your wisdom and, and just what an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. And, and uh, for everybody listening, you, you know, you can find me on mountainmindtricks.com or Thomas and Worm on Facebook. And, and uh, you know, for I just really hope we helped you find your sacred ancestry and remember that, you know, you have a soul and that we're a being of light walking on this earth, having an earth walk for a while. So go out there and find your sacred ancestry. <laughs>